0: Hi, and welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast. I am your host and the founder of Brave Parenting, Kelly Newcomb, and this is where you'll receive the encouragement, insight, and information you need to raise children of character in our technology and media-saturated world. We call it Brave Parenting because it takes courage and hard work to not only keep on top of technology, but then decide how you incorporate that into your family's lives. Our goal is to keep you up-to-date and equipped so you can parent your tech-savvy kids. All right, welcome to today's show. Today's news, we're gonna be talking about YOLO taking the number one app store position. Also, Fortnite is free, but children being bullied into spending money. Our character focus will be discussing the virtue of conscientiousness. And our apps, Five Facts, will be discussing the app Snapchat. And in our family focus, We'll be talking about the National Center on Sexual Exploitation's Dirty Dozen list. All right. In today's news, we have YOLO becoming the number one downloaded app in Apple's App Store. Now, YOLO sort of came out of nowhere. It was not even in the top 10 before it all of a sudden became number one. Now, YOLO, if you haven't heard, is an app that is directly connected to Snapchat, which is going to be our app focus for the day. But what you need to know about YOLO is it is an anonymous app that they say is for positive feedback only. It connects to Snapchat, so you have to have Snapchat in order for YOLO to work, and it allows someone to basically put a sticker on their Snap that they've posted to their story that says, ask me anything, or post a comment, um, and they can do that anonymously. You, you then find your anonymous questions or statements that people have posted on your story through the YOLO app. Now, what we know about um, being anonymous on an app and teens, um, from past experiences and past apps, we know this never generally ends up being good. Earlier platforms such as um, Ask.fm, Yak, Yik, Whisper, Secrets, um, was most recently it was Sahara and TBH, right? To be honest, these were all anonymous apps that either went away because they lost their sort of you know glam and glory quickly, or they were actually removed because of the bullying um, and harassment that was occurring through these anonymous apps. So while right now Yolo is very popular and it may go away, however, because it is number one in the App Store and has been for a couple weeks, um, it's important for you to know. If your child has Snapchat, they may already have downloaded YOLO if you give them the free ability to download apps, um, or they may have asked for it if they need your permission. Now, the apps were originally rated the YOLO app as 12+. However, now they have changed it to be 17+, which I think is great that they responded to a lot of criticism because we know that anonymous apps never you know, tend to go well with teens. Um, of course, this 17 plus doesn't mean that someone under 17 can't get it, but definitely something for you to consider. If your child wants this, you know, for what purpose? What do they believe the purpose is to leave an anonymous comment or question on a friend's story? Is it actually serving a great purpose? You know, chances are they're not gonna have an answer for that. Um, we at Brave Parenting would say, if you can just avoid the YOLO app, Completely then we would. chances are it will and its fame will will definitely fade quickly and it will move off of this number one spot. Right now it's sort of the one thing to do and try and that's what teens are doing. Now also in the news we have um, a story about Fortnite being free, but kids are being bullied to spending money. Interestingly enough, this article did not cross my eyes before I heard about the topic from my middle school age children. Now, they do get a little bit of Fortnite time. And of course, a lot of their friends play Fortnite. And my 12-year-old came to me telling me about how this was happening. Essentially, very much as um, the popularity within, um, you know, middle school, um, those who can afford the really expensive clothes are going to sort of move up the popularity chain. And, you know, those who are not wearing the popular expensive clothes are moving down the chain. That has been, you know, for generation after generation, right? We know that this occurs. Well, now it's happening within the Fortnite app. So the game is free. You can download it for free. You can play for free. However, they do offer in-app purchases. And one of those most popular purchases are what they call skins. And these skins are essentially different characters. You can look different ways. I mean, you can, you know, carry a a backpack with a teddy bear or you can, you know, look like a monster or, you know, when um, the... Avengers came out, you know, you could look like an Avenger, right? So there's all these sort of different skins that you can get. Yes, they can be earned through winning, but you can also purchase them directly, making you sort of look better the same way you might purchase, um, you know, a Gucci um, piece of clothing or shoes or accessory to make you look like you, um, you know, either have money or to look a certain way. Kids are doing this inside the Fortnite game. So how that affects their play is, yes, everybody can play for free. Yes, you can join up with your friends. But if you don't have that money, maybe mom and dad, maybe you're not giving them money to spend and you're not letting them spend their own money. You're kind of saying, hey, you can play this game, but we're not spending any money. Well, those who are spending money, who have these kind of quote, more popular skins are then targeting those that have the the default skins. And inside the game, you know, it's an arena, a shrinking arena till, you know maybe starts at 100 and goes down to the, the final winner. They're targeting all the defaults first. It's really easy to pick out who those people are because they recognize the default skins. So even if they're playing and not spending money, they don't have a great chance of winning. The skin doesn't make you perform better, but those with you know, higher-up skins are targeting those with the default skin. Not only that, um, children are sort of being mocked outside of the game, in the real-world setting, in the classroom, in the schools, um, being called default because they're not spending the money or they haven't, you know, gotten to this this level in Fortnite that has earned these higher-level skins. So, again, you know, Fortnite can be um, a game with positive experiences, but anytime you introduce something to immature, you know, um, Adolescence, that's frontal lobes are not fully developed. You throw in this sense of competition and hierarchy and winning and losing. There's always going to be a way it's going to be manipulated and abused. And this is what we're now seeing from Fortnite. So, parents, how do you handle that? You know, talk to your kids. Um, if you're not allowing them to spend money, you know, have they felt the effects of that? And if so, how does that make them feel? Perhaps if you're okay with them playing the game and they are uh, practicing some some self-control and self-moderation in um, playing it, maybe you could give them a few chores and earn some money in order to spend in there, or maybe you make that stance and you say. No, we're not spending the game, period. Either way, talk to your kids about it. It really is more about having an open conversation about what they're experiencing in these sort of online communities and video games um, and, and how to navigate that in life. These type of scenarios are never going away. Even as adults, right, there is still a, a hierarchy of maybe, you know, what job you have or what car you drive, right? Now is the time to teach them the coping skills on how to handle scenarios like this. All right, in our character focus today, we are going to discuss the virtue of conscientiousness. The definition of this is wishing to do what is right, especially to do one's work well or thoroughly. Now, a conscientious person is defined as sort of being efficient and organized. They also say that you do your work diligently and carefully, you know, and you have a a great desire to do tasks well. You think, oh man, that's a great character trait. Of course, we want all of our children to sort of be conscientious. Um, However, that's not always the case, as we know, right? It is a a trait that can definitely grow over time. Um, Now, psychologists actually define this as one of um, the five fundamental personality traits. They say that this one is the most directly correlated with success. All right, so parents, we love this idea of success. Now I want to, to before I you know, go into how we build this virtue of conscientiousness, talk about success and how we as, as parents perhaps wrongly define success for our children. Yes, we do want our kids to be successful, but we need to be careful not to sort of pigeonhole this idea that success is the same for every child. We can't think that athletic success is the only type of success, um, that academic success is the only way, or that even like popularity or social success is the only thing that is going to define them. Success for some kids who maybe suffer from a learning disability, it may be that just graduating high school, that is a huge achievement getting through it or, you know, getting a job and waking up and and getting to that job on time, no matter what that job is, even if it's like fast food or, you know, a grocery store, it doesn't matter, you know, but that can often be success and that they could still be developing and using this virtue of conscientiousness to achieve what may be considered basic, but for them, that is really great. So, you know, as we talk about this, let's make sure that we're not all defining success um, the same way for every child. Now, can we develop conscientiousness in our children or is it sort of born in them? It's, it's who they are. Um, yes, psychologists do believe that we can um, help build this trait. And um, when we recognize what the trait is and encourage it, we can definitely grow this in our children. So I think that as... We look at it. We know that conscientious, I love how one psychologist said it. They said, it's like brushing your teeth. It prevents problems from arising. So how can we encourage our children to be mindful? That's kind of another synonym of conscientiousness. To be mindful of doing and acting in a certain way to avoid future problems, avoid them from arising. One way can, be, can directly be through this, this media and technology world. If they have social media, how can they maybe prevent a picture you know, prevent a problem from arising by not posting a picture? We know that especially with teens, posting of a picture that includes some friends but not another, can really create havoc in their relational lives. Drama that is unnecessary, um, but because of the ease of posting pictures and tagging certain people, it can really be hurtful. So one way that they can be conscientious is to think before they post. And that can be anything from posting about friends or posting um you know maybe a, a quick like statement about how they're annoyed with certain um you know things at school or a certain class, right? Even talking about a teacher, right? That can lead to problems if you're Um, voicing your concern in a public setting such as Instagram or Facebook or even Snapchat, and then it can come back to someone else and hurt them. Another way that we can teach children to be conscientious when we consider this world of instant gratification online is we know that conscientious people, one trait that they have is that they don't buy things on a whim, so if your child loves Amazon or you maybe love Amazon or um, they maybe have Instagram and, you know, there is this, you know, shopping feature on Instagram or so, you know, all the sponsored ads and all of the things that they see maybe influencers have. It's real easy to sort of just jump over there and say, oh, I need that. Um, you know, I need this, this shirt or I need these um, weight loss patches or I need this skin cream or whatever it is that is jumping at their attention, especially our young girls, they're especially easy victims of this, that they give into this instant gratification. So when we talk about our kids and spending money, right, even financial experts recommend, if you find something that you like, pause, wait, consider it for 24 hours, or maybe 48 hours, or even a week. And if you still really want that one thing, then you can go back and buy it. But the purchase of a, on a whim, not only can it be wasteful, but it's not practicing this, this virtue of being conscientious, of preventing a future problem from arising, because maybe that money needs to be spent on gas for their car or you know to pay a bill or to do something that you know is expected of them, which is why they have money in the first place. So encourage your children to really think about their spending, especially when it comes to online instant gratification. Another way that we can build this virtue of conscientiousness is by encouraging our children to not quit. This is great when our children are young. So if you've got toddlers or young elementary age kids, um, right, we want them to to quit the right things. Maybe they're quitting junk food or they're quitting video games, Um, but we want to encourage them to do the hard work and persevere through other tasks. Because again, it's that level of conscientiousness. I need to finish finish this task because I have a goal and I need to accomplish that goal. And if I quit, I'm not gonna accomplish that goal. And so it's this mindfulness of reaching that goal and what is it gonna take in order for me to reach this? So encourage them to have grit and to not quit. And I love this other way. It says that conscious people don't binge. In our world of streaming movies and television shows, um, this is a very big thing. Not only is it like culturally normal now to binge, it's almost sort of a bragging point for young people that, oh, what'd you do? Well, I just binged on Netflix or I binged, you know, on Hulu or HBO or whatever it is that they're watching. However, conscientious people know that small little things add up. And if you watch one episode, you're gonna end up watching six episodes. And I know that I have, you know, X, Y, and Z to do tomorrow. So I can't stay up until 2am binging on stranger things, right? So therefore I'm not going to watch any tonight, or I'm going to only watch one. And I'm going to make sure that I only watch one so that I can still accomplish my goals tomorrow. That is what conscientious people will do is they will think ahead and make those decisions in advance so they can still accomplish their goals. Now, as a parent, How you can help is keep them accountable. Don't allow them to binge all the time. You know, there may be nothing wrong with a Saturday that they're finally off of school and work and sports and all of that, and they just want to chill. That's great. You know, do that as long as they're not neglecting other responsibilities. But if it's a school night and you know the work that has to be done the next day, and you know that, you know, come 7 a.m., they're gonna have to get up and go to school, let's encourage them, like, hey, what... What can you do now to make tomorrow better so you can accomplish those goals? How can you be conscientious and make a decision in order to prevent problems from arising tomorrow? Encourage that. And hey, don't forget, mom and dad, we need to be practicing this level of conscientiousness ourselves. When we model it for them, our children can also really learn from just watching us. Remember, things are more often caught than they are taught. In our app's five facts, we're going to be discussing the app Snapchat. Now, I'm going to give you five facts on this app. I will tell you that I also have done an extended video um, education piece that you can get on the show notes today. If you want to get more sort of behind the screen pictures as to some of the things that I'm talking about, feel free to go to the show notes. You can also um, find it on our Facebook page, Brave Parenting Network, um, as well as on our website. But today, right now, Snapchat, the first fact that you need to know about this app is that it is a for photo and video messaging. It's actually not classified as a social media app. It's classified as a photo and video app. But very often, we, we put it into the social media category. What made Snapchat so popular was that it allowed pictures to delete after they've been viewed by the receiver. This is how it started. Now the user can decide whether or not um, the receiver is, the picture is going to delete on the receiver's end, or that person can keep it forever. Because of this feature of auto-delete, it became known as the sexting app. Even the original founders said that they, you know, started the app because they wanted to be able to share nudes, and these were college students, share nudes with one another without sort of being caught with them on their phones. And this is what they came up with, with Snapchat. Now, the second fact that you need to know about Snapchat is the chat feature. So the snap feature is the taking of the pictures and the videos and then sending them. But Snapchat also has the chatting feature. If you swipe right, you can find your friend's screen. And that is the messaging side of the app. You can do live messaging. You can see group stories. You can video chat with up to 16 friends at once. Um, essentially, it is this messaging platform that is internet based, allowing um, users, teens, kids, right? Those who have the app to communicate outside of the traditional text messaging app that is on their phone. Where this becomes a problem for parents is these internet based communications inside of the chatting feature can be deleted. You can chat with someone, you can have you can bully, you can harass, or you can send inappropriate things over this chatting feature, and then they can delete it. And if you say check their phone at night, you may never see these messages that are going on in the chatting feature of Snapchat. The third fact that you need to know about Snapchat is the Discover section. Now, this is what they sort of call their news feed. And when you swipe left, you receive the Discover section. And it is stories from mainstream media sources. They may be positive ones such as the Wall Street Journal or National Geographic. But there's also a lot of entertainment websites and uh, media outlets in that regard that can post to the Discover section. Now, I feel like I cannot um, accurately tell you how terrible the Discover section is unless I just read some stories from Active right now as I'm on the Snapchat Discover section on my phone. So here are some of the titles, right? So I'm just going to go through a bunch of the titles and these are the stories that our children can see through the Snapchat section. But influencers eat this for big booty gains. She got a a sexy lap dance at her bachelorette party. We're too ugly to be this wasteful, but you do you. Can you handle this horror story? A hundred people tell us about their worst breakup. Living with herpes, what you should know. Watch Halsley stripped her own song in the club. Uh, Obsessed with Angina's 10-year glow-up. I don't even know who that is. You probably don't either. (laughs) Um, I dress like a princess every day. The emoji food challenge. Kylie Jenner flaunts body in mirror selfie video. Wires equals the greatest scam of the century. AirPods everywhere. For 15, perfect responses for people who don't text you back. Was her insulting diss track too much? Who's got the worst BO? What's in your pocket? It's none of our business, but we stay peeping. The James Charles drama isn't over. James Charles private DMs spark internet meltdown. Hate surprises? Then don't watch this. Kylie and Travis's house get together. This bikini is going viral for a wild reason. Okay. So like I could go on and on and on, just as this feed goes on and on and on. Very often, it's a bunch of celebrity garbage, but there's tons of sexually related content. I have rarely been on there when I have not found something that I think, oh my gosh, I would never want um, a young adolescent, even a teenager, to read this uh, bias and, and ridiculous content about what they think that Sexes and relationships are, and you know what's appropriate and inappropriate. The Discover section has no parental controls either. You cannot stop your child if they have Snapchat from viewing the Discover section. This is where their friends' stories are going to be. They can subscribe to these channels and always keep up with these stories. Now, interestingly enough, when I speak to the teens and to youth in general, I talk about this feature, and they all nod their heads like, "Yeah, yeah, we kind of know it's inappropriate." But then they say, yeah, but we really only look at that stuff when we're bored, which I laugh because children will say that they're bored all the time. So does that mean that they're always kind of checking this material out? Definitely something to note. If you did not know that the Discover section existed, definitely start talking about that with your child, with your teen, if they have Snapchat. Now, fact number four about Snapchat and I could really go on about this one for a little bit, (laughs) but is the streaks. A streak is when um, two users send a snap back and forth to one another each day, basically in a 24-hour period. As that continues, the streak grows. So a streak is represented on their friends list, on their friend screen, by a fire emoji. And the number that is beside it is the tally of how many consecutive days they have had that streak. Now, streaks become very important to young people. They really believe that this is how their friendships are defined. It's sort of a um, an end-all be-all of whether or not you are true friends if you can keep this streak for a long time. From a business standpoint, if we're going to look at it this way, it's a genius way that the company has built user loyalty. If I have to go into Snapchat every single day to send a snap to my friends so that they know that we're still, um, you know, as they say, like legit friends. Well, then of course I'm going to open the app. And while I'm there, chances are I'm going to do a few other things. So it it has basically forced the hands of these youth into using the app every single day, building addiction. Not only that, but based on the streaks, Snapchat then organizes your friends on the friend screen as to who your best friends are. So if you've got a snap streak of, say, 50 days, you know, with Susie, well, then it's going to say, you know, hey, Susie's your best friend. But if Susie has a streak that is, you know, 75 days with Jennifer, well, then it's going to say, but Susie's not your best friend. You're Susie's best friend, but she's got someone else as best friend. And so just consider, if you will. What this dynamic looks like amongst middle school girls, it is already difficult to maintain good, close relationships as you live out face-to-face. You know, back before this technology, right, we still struggled. There was still drama. There was still trouble. Now we have Snapchat basically saying, hey, you're their best friend, but they're someone else's best friend. Awkward. And they give you these emojis, to describe how you should feel about that person not being your best friend. So that in itself is just terrible. It's a manipulation of their friendships and of their relationships and not something that I would encourage any parents um, to let their children take part of. Now, that brings us to fact number five, which is the rating system of Snapchat. The App Store rates the Snapchat app as 12+, and the Google Play rates it T for teen. Snapchat, of course, rates it as 13+. Now, I will say in their terms of service, I do like that they actually say no one under the age of 13 is allowed to use this service, period. Not with parental permission, nothing. They say no one under the age of 13 should be using Snapchat. So that's great and all, but I know people, and my guess is you probably know people as well who have allowed their children under the age of 13 to have this app. We have brave parenting. Pretty much, if we could ban it completely, n- no lie, we would. We would just say no, never, not. And that's pretty much <laughs> what we've done. We say 18 plus. In my house, particularly, um, I have basically said not in my house, never. As long as you are living here and I am paying for your phone bill, um, the Snapchat app is just an absolute no. Now, granted, I have younger children who, if I allow my older children to have it, chances are the younger ones are still gonna be able to see it or have access to it. So we say that. If you have to make a a choice and draw a line um, and you don't have younger children, you maybe could allow it, um, maybe in the older years. But I generally say, and um, pretty much all the parents we talk to, there's no positive... Um, characteristics or traits or anything that is built by a child having the app Snapchat. Yes, this is where their friends are, but if more parents were brave enough to just say, no, there's nothing good about this app, there's more manipulation and addiction than there is um, methods of communication, then More children won't have it, and they will find other ways to communicate. You know, they will text through the regular traditional texting format, or they'll use different apps, right? But as it stands right now, Snapchat is not recommended, um, even in high school years by Brave Parenting. Now, that brings us to our family focus, which is the 2019 Dirty Dozen list. Now, this is put out by the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. And this list is generated every year since 2013 um, for the purpose of naming and shaming mainstream players in America that are perpetuating sexual exploitation. So these are large corporations who um, essentially, right, they drive a lot of our culture. They influence how people communicate, dress, um, and, and how they receive and perceive all of the information out there today. So what the goal is, is by sort of naming and shaming them, which generally we don't recommend, but for this, it's a really good purpose, right? We want them to to make positive change in their organization so that they are not promoting sexual exploitation and thus have a positive ripple effect throughout society. Now, the dirty dozen lists, um, like I said, comes out every every year, and it includes 12 major corporations. There's also a watch list, and they also provide you victories from the annual list that they provide and and what changes have been made. So here are the 12 companies that are listed for 2019. Netflix, United Airlines, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue, Google, Steam, Roku, Massage Envy, the State of Nevada, HBO, Amazon, Twitter, and EBSCO Information Services. Now that's the 12. And in the show notes, we'll have a link to the PDF of the Dirty Dozen list. You can read why these companies and corporations are on there. And we also have a link to the website. Um, but what, we wanna, what I wanna focus on is because this is really interesting, considering how we've just been talking about Snapchat, is that Snapchat, although it's not on the top 12, it is on the watch list. And this is what the National Center on Sexual Exploitation says. The popular Snapchat app is arguably the most popular smartphone app used by young teens. Unfortunately, Snapchat regularly exposes children as young as 13 years old to graphic sexual content in its discover stories, such as articles on oral sex etiquette. Further, Snapchat is often used to groom individuals into sex trafficking and prostitution. Yet it fails to remove accounts acting as advertisements for prostitution and sex trafficking through pornography distribution. So they are on the watch list because of that discover section of what they're showing, as well as how easy it is um, for strangers, you know, to, to be able to find um, young people and either traffic them or kind of solicit them into either pornography or prostitution. Now, what I like is that in the victory section of the Dirty Dozen list, Snapchat is also there. And they say, after the NCOSC activism, Snapchat created in-app reporting devices to report accounts sharing or selling pornography. Right, this is great. Snapchat has also removed Snapcash, which was often used for sex trafficking, prostitution, and pornography purchasing. While Snapchat has several problems warranting its name, Still being on the watch list, there have been significant improvements following activism via the Dirty Dozen list. So this is great. These are some of the victories that this Dirty Dozen list has accomplished. Now, when we say this activism, what does it actually look like? Well, this is another great thing. Yes, they're naming and shaming these companies, but they're giving you, you know, the consumer um, who is using all of these services provided by these companies, a voice. You can participate by taking easy online actions such as sending email and sharing social media messages in order to to basically make this more well-known that you support, you know, Snapchat taking off of these inappropriate stories or you're supporting Netflix from, you know, taking off of some of their X and R rated content that young children can watch. So you have a voice in this So the Dirty Dozen list on the website, it gives you the problem, it gives you the proof of why that's a problem. It also gives you take action steps. And I love, they also are constantly updating it, um, the content on the website so that you as a consumer can see what is being done with these companies to make these changes. So I'm sure a lot of these companies and corporations do not like to see their name on the Dirty Dozen list. This is a great, great service project that the National Center on Sexual Exploitation has begun and has caused a lot of great change as a parent. I really encourage you to check this list out. Again, it'll be in the show notes and see what are these um, companies, corporations, you know, even states, right? Are What are they doing to promote sexual exploitation and what can you do as a citizen, as a parent in order to be an activist and say, no, not good, not, you know, not in my house, right? Maybe it's that you're banning Snapchat, but it could be, right, that you're sending an email to the corporation and saying, you know, I'm not going to use your services, you know, maybe, you know, United Airlines or maybe HBO, whatever that looks like, right, because of what you're doing and what you're allowing. It's a great way to teach your children as well to be activists for what they believe in. All right, that brings us to the end of today's episode. If you missed anything in the show or you want to learn more, you can find us online at braveparenting.net. Or if you have any questions about what was discussed today, you can email your questions to podcast at braveparenting.net. For an in-depth look about how you can build strong character using the technology that kids love and crave, You can pick up a copy of our book, Managing Media, Creating Character, available on Amazon. And if you are listening on iTunes or Android or whatever your favorite podcast platform, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Brave Parenting Podcast, where we believe that character is greater than media and every child needs a brave parent willing to set a new standard. Until next time, go and be brave.